I love the cynicism around crypto. I like that people are side-eyeing it and asking so many questions. What is it? What is its purpose? Why is crypto even a thing? I'll be honest and say that I'm asking the same questions, but I am also reluctantly, begrudgingly believing that crypto will be a thing moving forward. What that looks like, I'm not sure. But as part of my learning about what crypto is and what it isn't, I've brought on a guest to help me work through some of the questions that I have. Please note that my crypto episodes are being recorded to take a deeper and more approachable dive into the emerging language and use cases specific to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Ultimately, my goal with my cryptocurrency conversations is to familiarize my listeners and myself with emerging experts in the space, the language of crypto, and continue asking the following question. Is crypto here to stay? And what does it mean for the rest of us? Today's guest, Trey Edwards, helps me work through that question. Want to lead a more socially equitable financial life, but aren't sure where to start? Grab my Good Money Toolkit today, a resource sharing the ins and outs of leading a socially equitable lifestyle without going broke. Grab the resource in today's show notes or use the following link, michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash goodmoney. I'm excited to tell you about my first personal finance book, Not a Financial Unicorn, which is available for pre-order now. If you're looking for inspiration, validation, and ideas on how to better your financial life, Not a Financial Unicorn has been written with the other 92% of us in mind. Not a Financial Unicorn is my way of motivating and validating the unsexy financial journeys that the majority of Americans have as they navigate through bridging the financial gap between financial policy, our finances, and income. Pre-order your book today. Trey Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, and his. And I'm absolutely fired up to be here because I know that we have a shared passion, getting more Black people into crypto. As far as what I do here at Coinbase and what brought me here, I joined the company about two years ago after being in the crypto industry for around four years. And what I do now is I'm responsible for, and being me and my team, responsible for building the operational strategy for retail product launches. What that actually means is that whenever we ship a new feature, whether that is Coinbase card or dark mode or anything in between, what does that customer experience look like? How do you go and get help from Coinbase support when you're interacting with these products? Those are the types of challenges and problems that my team and I aim to solve. We also partner with product engineering and design to listen very closely to our customers in order to understand What's going well? What are people really enjoying about using the platform? And perhaps more importantly, what can we do better? And so my team and I, we look through social media as well as our support cases in order to understand the top customer challenges, pain points, and feature requests, and then work with our partners to solve them and to make our products even better for moving forward. If you could do me a huge favor, because this was something I was very, very intrigued by and just I wanted to know, how in the hell did you even get into crypto? If you could share your story, what was the thing that got you so excited about this? And why is this space so exciting to you? 
Yeah, so let me let me tell you a wild story, Michelle, because it's been quite the adventure to get to crypto and to Coinbase and where I am today. So I, I always like to say that my journey into crypto started actually on my last day of college. I was at NC State University and I was headed to my last day of class ever. And I got on the bus and it was a brand new bus driver who was unfamiliar with the route. He ended up missing my stop. Not a big deal. You know, people are human. <laughs> and everything but so he ends up i let him know that he missed my stop and he stops kind of just in the middle of the road i didn't know that at the time but i would find out later so he goes and opens the door and i step off the bus and bam just like that i was hit by a car oh now, my god i know that yeah it was pretty crazy now i know that this is a podcast so you all aren't able to see me but i have full functionality over all my limbs and i definitely was blessed that the injuries weren't too severe but what did change for me from that day on was my mentality because I knew after that life is crazy. Like you could go and get hit by a car any day, any number of accidents. And so if you want to make something of yourself, you can't wait until you're 30. You can't wait until you're 50. You can't wait until any moment in the future. You got to get started right away. And so I had an incredible amount of passion and fire for me to get started. But after college, to be real, like most people, I didn't really know where to put all that passion. And so I worked in different jobs ranging from wine sales to recruiting to sales but i never really found my fit until i came across blockchain technology i was working as a consultant in the fintech industry and working very closely with local banks in charlotte north carolina and i found out just how about how outdated the existing financial system was and about how expensive it was to move money how much time that took and how many people were left out of the existing financial system as part of my research, I came across blockchain and I was absolutely hooked. They oftentimes people refer to learning about crypto as going down the rabbit hole and really just wanting to get as much knowledge as you possibly can. And that was me. I quickly realized that I wanted to do more than just invest in it because I found that crypto was really going to be a technology that went and reshaped the way that people do money and the way that human society thinks about finance and thinks about money. So I wanted to jump in. So I found a university that was dedicated to blockchain and digital currency. It's the University of Nicosia, located in the country of Cyprus. And it's still the only program, accredited program at least, in the entire world devoted to the subject. For about a year and a half, I worked as a project manager, which I transitioned into at a fintech company and was full-time in grad school for about a year and a half. Absolutely crazy time in my life, super busy, but it was well worth it. And I really enjoyed the opportunity to dive deep into the subject and to gain expertise. And after I graduated, I wanted to put my skills to good use, which is what brought me to Coinbase. Now that I'm at Coinbase, I mentioned about what I do during my day job, but what I didn't mention is perhaps what's more important, which is I spend a lot of time thinking about how can we make sure that as we're building the future of finance, that we're doing so in a way that is inclusive and representative of the people that we're meaning to serve. Because I think that if we were to build crypto as finance 2.0, but do so without any black people, without any brown people, without any Hispanic people, without other minorities, then we're not going to live up to this technology's potential and ultimately we're going to fail. And so that's why I spend a lot of time spending educating people about the technology so that they can know how to jump in. I have so many questions. And I think the one question I do want to start with is, Recently, I actually saw a study that said that African-Americans are investing in crypto at the highest rate in comparison mm -hmm. to other communities. 
And before hopping on to the show and, you know, in prepping for this, I just kind of was thinking about that. And I want to know, why are we excited about crypto? What's going on there? What's the enthusiasm? Yeah. So, you know, what has happened, I think, over the past 50 to 60 years, or even honestly, since since Black people have been in this country, perhaps better said, we've been mistreated by the traditional financial system. It's traditionally been difficult for people in our community to get loans or to get access to credit or even just be treated fairly by banks. Like you all saw all of the, the legal troubles that Wells Fargo got into for defrauding many of their Black customers. As a result, I think that the Black community is hungry for a new solution, a decentralized one, which allows them to have equal access to the financial industry. Because I know that when we get equal access to things, we thrive. We just need the access to these opportunities. And with crypto being open and decentralized to the point where anybody can jump in, and especially us, I think that that really just naturally brings in the people within our community who are thirsty for change. I am very anti-MLM for many reasons. One, because MLMs are very closely tied to white supremacy and there's a history of them being connected with the Ku Klux Klan, which maybe even the members of those communities didn't realize. And I often hear from people that the perception of crypto is that it's an MLM, that in order for it to have value other people are adopting it, but in, in a way that kind of benefits the initial adopters, if you know what I mean. What do you say when you hear that kind of feedback or concern or perception of cryptocurrency? Yeah, I think that is a fair concern and one that I hear often. What I would let people know who have this perception is the value of cryptocurrency is really based off of many things. The first and foremost, when especially when thinking about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, is based off scarcity. And so to take a step back, when you are considering gold as an asset, which everyone I would think would agree is people find a lot of value in, well, why is that? Well, the reason why gold has value is because it is scarce. Because people know that there's only a set amount of gold here on earth. So you have a big gold watch that has value because there is only so much gold to go around. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are the first time that there has been digital scarcity, which means that here online or on the internet, that you can prove that there is a scarce amount of this asset. As a result of that scarcity, not everyone can have a whole Bitcoin. Not everyone can go and have a large amount of these other cryptocurrencies. And that scarcity drives that value just due to supply and demand. And so that's the reason why it's, it's much different than a multi-level marketing scheme where it's some pyramid and people are going to lose their money and such. And instead, it's the formation of a brand new asset class. I really like to help people to understand that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are kind of a hybrid between gold and a traditional currency like the US dollar. What I mean by that is gold is scarce, as I mentioned, and people are able to trade it on different exchanges and the price is volatile based off of the value that people have in it. Compared to the U.S. dollar, which you can use that for anything between buying Chipotle to a house, investing for your retirement, anything in between. Bitcoin is kind of in the middle of both of those in that it has scarcity like gold, but you can also spend it for any number of day-to-day -day things. And there's a lot of merchants these days ranging from Microsoft and others, which allow you to spend Bitcoin just like a traditional currency. So I think that that is the mental model that I recommend people to think about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. 
actually one of the examples that I share with crypto and the way that I'm thinking about it is the credit card industry. Because in the 1950s, I think it was 1955, 50,000, I could be wrong with that number, but around 50,000 people in San Francisco woke up one day and they had a weird plastic square in their mailbox. And that square and the instructions were basically, hey, (laughs) we're giving you a loan to use this card, go spend it. And they were like, what? We don't get this. That card was the diner's club. And it took a while, but then people started to understand what it was and how it worked. And now it's 2022 almost. And everyone has one of these in their wallet, but there definitely was a trajectory in terms of just educating people on how to use them. And, and quite frankly, it's still like a daily process. Like people are still learning Mm -hmm. how to use credit cards to this day. That's one of the pieces of content that I share often in terms of sharing my personal story, my financial story. One thing that I wonder about is how are people learning about crypto. I am an affiliate of Coinbase. So people, as you listen to this, if you want to sign up, I'm an affiliate, uh, which is part of what you can become if you're on the platform. But one of the things that really stood out to me as I've used the platform is if you're using Coinbase, which helps to educate you about different cryptocurrencies, it becomes very clear that you should not be like throwing all your cash at it. I really respect the complexity of it. And I think what can be a little off-putting or, or people may not even be aware is that there are white papers written about the different cryptocurrencies. There's a whole vocabulary around it. And so I guess I'm wondering, what are you helping people to do in order to educate themselves about this? Because you went to school for it. What, what happens for a person like myself or some other, some person listening to my show and they're like, I don't know that I want I want to read a white paper about why this is a thing. What what would you say? This is a very long-winded, open-ended question. No, that was a great question. And I and I think it's a very fair one because education is one of the top things that we as a cryptocurrency industry need to solve as far as how do we onboard new people into cryptocurrency and make sure that they're well educated and that they have a great understanding about what they are getting into. Because I think that as people are learning more about crypto, it's rare that I meet somebody who has done their research and knows a lot about it, but chooses not to invest. And so that education is really the barrier. As far as kind of things that myself and others are doing, I think that first is conversations like these. Meet people where they are and to help them understand that getting into cryptocurrency doesn't have to be scary. One way that I like to describe this to people is think about the Internet. So right now, Michelle and I, we are here on different coasts and people listening to this are likely all across the world. You're listening to this via the internet, but how, from a technical perspective, does that actually work? How is my voice being broadcasted from here to thousands or hundreds of thousands of people all across the globe? In reality, maybe there's some of our listeners here who are well aware of those details, but most people, they don't know. And to be frank, they don't really need to know about the details of how that works. All that they need to know is that they're getting the value from this podcast and from using whichever platform that they're listening on. In a similar way, as you are learning more about cryptocurrencies, I encourage you to not be incredibly pressed about the technical details about how a blockchain works and how exactly the transactions move across the network, but instead focus on the value. What is the value that cryptocurrencies can bring to your life and what are the problems that they can go and solve for you? 
I think that it, as you understand that, you'll truly see why this technology is going to be the future of finance, because you'll see, you'll find for yourself that it solves a lot of problems related to sending money globally, related to investment, related to being able to make the most of your money and making your money work for you and earning passive income. And the list goes on and on. That's how I would encourage people to think about it. And then very tactically, as far as resources for people, I think that YouTube is your best friend. YouTube and Amazon, depending on the type of learner that you are. So if you like to watch different videos and hear people about how to explain the technology, check out YouTube. There's a lot of great people on there. Andreas Antonopoulos is one of my personal favorites. And he puts out a lot of content that helps break down the technology in a way that anyone can understand. If you like to read, there's a lot of books out there where you can learn about the technology. One of my favorites is The Internet of Money, which goes and breaks down exactly why this technology is worth talking about. Who are the black and brown people in the space that you're really excited to share with the, the audience? And what are they doing? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of them. So ranging from people from the NFT industry to different technologies like DAOs, a couple of people that I would shout out. So I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about Isaiah Jackson, who is one of the most prominent Black people here in crypto. He does a lot here in the space when it comes to education. He's written a book named, I believe it's called Bitcoin and Black America, that I would recommend people to check out. So he's doing a lot of great work. Another founder who I really like, who's doing some really interesting work, is named Bradley Miles. And so he has a company named Roll, which goes and creates different, what they call social tokens. And Michelle, actually, I think that this is something that you'd really like if you, if you haven't had a chance to check it out. But what social tokens are all about is how does an everyday person, whether you're an influencer or a creator like yourself, or someone who is still trying to just get up and going when it comes down to building their following, how do you build a cryptocurrency? And how do you build a token that allows for you to gain wealth here from your network and go and monetize your audience in a new and novel way? That's the problem that his company named Roll is aiming to solve. So those are two prominent people within the crypto space that are within our community and are doing great things. You can't see my face because listeners, we are off video. My eyes may have widened a little bit and I was <laughs> like, oh, oh, hello. But I still have quite a bit of learning to do. And so not quite yet, but you mentioning the coins, I, I do want to bring up something that I find both fascinating and a little confusing. There's so many coins. And mm -hmm. so if I'm new to this, what am I supposed to focus on when there seems to be so much to focus on? Like yep. which so let coins me tell, make sense? Beautiful question. So let me tell you the same thing that I tell my friends, I tell my family when they're getting into crypto. The number one recommendation that I that many people in the industry have is to start simple. So go on Coinbase, go on Gemini, go on Binance, or on, even on Robinhood and, and buy Bitcoin or buy Ethereum. Those are two of the most established cryptocurrencies and not investment advice, but if you look at their trajectories over time, I think that you'll be very happy with how they performed and they've actually been the highest performing financial assets of our generation. So those are the two that I would always say for people to start off with. The pro tip that I give people and that I even do myself is to use a technique named dollar cost averaging. Now, all that that's about is setting a small amount, whether that is $10 a week or $10 a month 
or $100 a week, you get the gist. But whatever it is that you're comfortable with and setting up a recurring purchase on whichever platform that you're using for the cryptocurrency that you want to get into. And then just set it and forget it. And this is the way that people go and they really make a lot of generational wealth because they set it and forget it. And then over time, with how exponential these cryptocurrencies grow over the course of years, you'll wind up with a pretty significant amount of money. And so that's one of the ways that I always recommend people to get into the space because I think a lot of people first don't know about where to start and which cryptocurrencies to get into. And they also may feel pressure to go and to try to trade into the new hot up and coming cryptocurrencies. The people that are most successful are the ones that have a strategy and they stick to it regardless of what the market is doing. Because if you've seen crypto, it's super volatile. And so, so volatile. don't try to time the market. And instead, it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market, as one of my good friends, Darren, likes to say. Actually, I do want to bring up the volatility because you definitely, with with the internet and having so much access to information on a minute by minute, second by second basis, I think people get really excited about checking what's going on all the time. And I actually had a friend on Twitter who was like, oh my God, my portfolio is down such and such percent. And we're like, why are you looking at this all the time? Mm -hmm. What are some of your tips to kind of help people manage their focus on their currency and just manage the volatility that is cryptocurrency. Yes, let me give you a hot take. Volatility is actually a plus of cryptocurrency and it's something that you should be excited about. The reason for it is because if you're a long-term investor, volatility is your best friend. So here's what I mean. So volatility in crypto can be extreme. What I've been, since I've been in the market now for around four years or so, I've seen days where my portfolio goes down 30% one day, 40% the next day, maybe 20% the day after. Incredible just reductions in the price. But instead of being freaked out about it, you know what I see that as? Crypto's on sale. So for, because if you like Bitcoin here when it's at, let's say $60,000, like it's close to today, then you should love it when it, if it goes down to 30,000. So don't look at that as, oh, my investment's going down, I need to sell, things are going terribly. Instead, look at that like a Black Friday sale where you can go and you can pick up some cheap crypto where you might not have been able to get as much uh, if it was at a higher price. Volatility is also perk, of course, on the other end when crypto is going up 20% a day or 30% in a day. And it allows for people to have outsized gains compared to what you would see in the stock market or with bonds or with anything else. The biggest takeaway there is volatility is your best friend as long as you're a long-term investor, which I would recommend that people be. What are some of the crypto-focused events or conferences, webinars that you would like the audience to be aware of and know about, especially if, mm -hmm. for 2022, 2023? If you could share any events, conferences, what have you, that you think listeners should be aware of, that would be fantastic. Of course. And that's no problem at all. So a couple of conferences that I would put people onto. So first is Afrotech. Afrotech is one of the largest conferences for Black people here in tech. And they almost always have a good amount of programming about cryptocurrency. This year, they had Jack Dorsey come and talk about crypto. And so that was pretty cool. And they also had, I was spoke there and many others. So they do a lot when it comes down to the industry. 
Then another conference that I would put people on to is named Bitcoin 2022. It's in Miami. I'm planning to go next year, and I hear that is always a great time. Uh, nothing but good news there. The last one is, then this is the first year that they've done it, but I expect that they'll do it again next year, is NFT NYC. And this is an NFT-focused conference, but it is one that is a fantastic time, and I would recommend people check out. I'm excited about that because sadly, I am boycotting Florida, <laughs> even though Miami is my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite cities, but I just can't, I can't go there anymore, but that's okay. That's not this, that's not this episode. So as we start to wind down, I do want to get into Coinbase and how it works and what, just if you could share why I would sign up for Coinbase, what the user experience is like, and what the goal is in terms of using the platform. I really enjoyed it because again, the educational component has been amazing for me. And I'm very excited about some uh, crypto that I've earned recently and, and just the possibility behind that coin. But if you could answer the three pronged question there, I would love that. Yep. So the, the three reasons why I would recommend for, or why I think people should check out Coinbase and some of the value that it will bring for your coin. So first, we've talked a lot about cryptocurrencies today. And Coinbase is one of the places which people trust as their first foray into crypto and to help them get started. We make it super easy for you to buy your first cryptocurrency. We even give you some for free when you set up your account. And as far as that onboarding process, we have this thing named Coinbase Earn, which I feel like is one of those just well-kept secrets that not a lot of people know about. So let me put you all onto it. Because with Coinbase Earn, you can go and actually get free crypto just by watching some videos. And so we want our users to be educated about new cryptocurrencies. And we put out these short, I think they're like 30 seconds to two minute long videos where you watch them. We'll give you like $5 in crypto just for that 30 seconds. As of today, you can make up to like $100 in different cryptocurrencies just by watching these videos. So we really do care a lot about educating our customers and making it easy for you all to invest and know what to invest in in an intelligent way. The next thing I would say as far as as Coinbase goes is we're not we don't want to just be your investment platform. We're working to be your primary financial account because we know that this technology has a ton of potential even outside of just making money with your investments. And so a couple of ways in which we're doing that that I think that people would be interested in is first with our Coinbase card. So I know a lot of people know that you can spend Bitcoin at just a small amount of places, Microsoft and a couple of others. But with our Coinbase card, you can actually spend cryptocurrency anywhere that Visa is accepted and earn up to 4% back in crypto. Not only can you spend cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin with this Coinbase card, you can also spend US dollars. So Michelle, I know that you're a big personal finance nerd like myself. Which debit cards do you know that allow you to earn any cash back, not to mention 4%? Wait, this is a debit card? It's just a straight up debit card. So you can load, what I'm, what I'm saying here is that you can load your Coinbase card with just regular US dollars, not cryptocurrency, anything like that. Just regular US dollars. Go spend it at Chipotle. Go spend it for your rent. Go spend it for your car payment, whatever the case. And earn up to 4% back in cryptocurrency on every single purchase. Zero fees. And Wait. so that's one of those things that people don't know about, but I feel like it's important to put people onto. But you know why? Because I'm on the platform now and I can't figure out where that is because I would totally get that. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Yep. Just check out coinbase.com slash card. That's the easiest way to get to it or just Google Coinbase card. It's one of those things that 
when people start using it, they absolutely love it because it's a no-brainer. Who doesn't like easy rewards on money that you're already going to spend? I, We're also, what? yeah, yeah, check it out. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Um, one last thing that, that I'll leave you with when it comes down to the primary financial account piece is our upcoming direct deposit feature. I know a lot of people want to get into crypto, but they don't necessarily just want to buy it. They want to get paid in it. So with our new direct deposit feature, you can literally get paid in crypto, the crypto of your choice. It could be Bitcoin, Ethereum, Shiba Inu, you name it, and with no fees. And so I think that that's going to be one of those ways that people start using Coinbase, not just for investments, but to be your bank. So I'm really excited about it. I wasn't expecting that crypto debit card. So I, mm -hmm. my, I got really excited about that. Sorry about that. Anyway, so I'm going to check that out. I do have a question. I have a couple of questions. I have friends, as you know, in the, the personal finance space. And I was like, hey, I'm going to talk to Trey and I, and I have questions. Do you have questions? So before we get to their questions, I do have a question about wallets. They're mm -hmm. so confusing to me. I don't understand why I find this concept confusing. Could you talk about the crypto wallet? And I know this is a big ask. But maybe in a very simplified way, talk about the importance for folks who have cryptocurrency in their portfolios. Definitely. Uh, I will add a quick disclaimer that this is a bit more of the advanced topic. So if you're just getting started with crypto, I don't necessarily recommend that you create your own self-hosted wallet like I'm about to talk about, but you can do so after you've done some research. So with that being said, crypto wallets. Let me tell you about why you should care about this. One of the cool parts about crypto compared to just a traditional currency is that you can actually hold your funds completely on your own without needing any sort of third party. So to give you an analogy, right now you may use Ally Bank or Wells Fargo or Bank of America. And in these situations, they hold your money in their account and they get to decide what, what gets done with it. Now, we in America, we have the privilege to have a lot of trust here in our banks that they're not going to run away with our money and that when we need our money, we can get access. Well, that's not the case everywhere. And who knows if that will be the, the case here forever. As a result, with crypto wallets and especially self-hosted crypto wallets, it allows for you to have full custody of your own cryptocurrency. What that means is that Coinbase or Binance or Robinhood or whichever platform that you're interacting with, they don't own your cryptocurrency and they don't hold your cryptocurrency on your behalf. And instead it's held locally on your own machine. As a result, no one can take it from you. The government can't take it from you. The bank can't take it from you. Your employer can't take it from you. It's truly your own. And so this is the first time in history that you've been able to, to truly hold your own money in a digital way. So that's what, that's what self-hosted wallets are all about. They also allow for you to interact with the a variety of different crypto applications, which we can get into if you're interested. As we've been speaking, one of the things that I've been thinking about is the fact that for most people, they're getting way too much information and that's making adapting crypto feel much more complicated than what it needs to be for a beginner. Yeah, completely fair. I think that like, if you're a beginner, like if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have any Bitcoin and you don't have any crypto today, my number one thing that I would say is go to your phone. I bet you have Cash App on your phone right now. Go to the Bitcoin tab. It's at the bottom right. It's got the little Bitcoin symbol. Buy $5 of Cash App. They make it incredibly easy. Most people already have the app. And that will help you to see it's not that scary. 
and you can go and you can start off with a couple of dollars worth and in the future advance to more complex or more platforms like Coinbase that have more features. But for a lot of people, Coinbase, I mean, Venmo and Cash App and these other apps, they give you what you need. And so use that to get started and to get your feet wet here with this industry. What would you say are some of the strengths and weaknesses using the Coinbase platform candidly? Like what are some things that we need to just be mindful of as users of the platform? Yeah. So I think that our strengths come from a couple of things. So first, from the simplicity of the platform, you'll find that's a very clean user interface. You'll be able to find the things that you need to get very quickly. Next is our security. Coinbase has never been hacked. We spend a ton of time internally building different security and so that we can custody our users' funds very safely and securely. And then the last is just the ability to get education, like I mentioned, on exactly what you're investing in so you can know what you're getting into. When it comes down to weaknesses and things that I think that we're working to improve is one, just the number of assets here on our platform. There are some exchanges which do have more assets available. And so that's something that we're steadily working to improve. And I think that the other that we are working to do is to, when it comes down to Coinbase, it is very much a platform, at least here at the moment, where we're trying to be the, the platform for our everyday person, you, me, our families, and not necessarily just the platform for the super crypto advance. And so as a result, if you were one of those people who is very advanced with cryptocurrency and already have that knowledge and expertise, there are some platforms which have more advanced features than we have at the moment. So I'd say that those are some of the things I call out as far as where we do well and where we're working to improve. One of my friends asked the following question, which was, what happens when you have someone who is super enthusiastic about crypto and they throw all their cash in and then they lose it? What are some of the things that you as a, a company or what are the things that you're watching as an industry in terms of just helping to educate people about risk and what to avoid? And I've just seen a number of stories. This is why I'm doing this content pillar around crypto is I've heard about people being super aggressive because they get really excited about what could be like how much they could earn. And then they throw it all in and they lose their cash because it's volatile and they're not holding. Are there features on Coinbase to be like, Hey, now like, we're glad you're excited, but just, you know, heads up or, or is this even something in the industry that occurs or is it decentralized to the point where they're like, you guys make your own decisions. Yeah, so I think that it's a blend. So we do have information here on Coinbase. In fact, when you go to purchase crypto, there's a disclaimer at the bottom of every purchase that lets you know crypto markets are risky and that you should do your research before jumping in. And so this is definitely something that's top of mind for us because we don't want anyone to get burned by the markets. We want for people to have a great experience and to really have a smooth transition into what we believe is the future of finance. On the other hand, Crypto is all about decentralization. And so have, having a central platform like Coinbase tell you what you can and can't buy wouldn't really be in our ethos. And so I don't think that we would go down that path. However, what we do commonly tell people and that I will sing it to anyone who will listen is <laughs> you should never invest more than you can afford to lose. And so if $1,000, if you invest $1,000 into crypto, but losing that $1,000 would completely just wreck your life, then maybe you should invest only 500 instead, maybe even 200. And so never go and invest to the point where if you lost that money, you would be 
really just ravaged. And so I think that that's just good general investing advice across anything, whether that's crypto, stocks, real estate, but especially prevalent in crypto where the gains can be so outsized. I actually interviewed Gabby Hui from Merkle Science. And that interview was really interesting because she was talking about security as it relates to crypto. And I guess the question I have for you before I ask about getting jobs in this space is, what are the things that we can do as users of these platforms to make sure that we don't lose our $250 million in our crypto wallet? Because mm-hmm. we can't remember, <laughs> because exactly. we can't remember how to open it. <laughs> I, I love that you said that because I always, I always tell people, and protect your crypto like the million dollars that one day it'll be worth. So right. 100% with you on that. And I'd say that the top things that people can do. Number one, use a password manager and create a unique password for whichever account you're using with your crypto. With how easy it is to compromise passwords these days, the last thing you want is to be using the same password for your bank account, for your Coinbase, for your Robinhood, for your anything else. And for that one password to get compromised and you lose all of your money. The next thing that I would say is to use two-factor authentication. And so this can be either the text message that they send you when they are, when you're trying to log in or Google Authenticator, or even if you're one of the most serious about your security, a hard, a physical security key that you plug into your computer in order to log in. No no matter which of those three options you choose, I highly, highly recommend two-factor authentication. It's actually one of the requirements here on Coinbase. And because of the difference that it makes, to securing your account. At the beginning of our conversation, you talked about educating black and brown folks about crypto as being part of your own personal mission. One of the key components in my view to doing that is having us work in the space. What types of jobs are are you seeing open opening up? Do what kind of skills do we need to have? What what would you recommend for the person who's looking to work in crypto and how can they, and what are the tips you would share to have them prepare for that? So one of the cool things about where crypto is right now is we are so incredibly early. So cryptocurrency has only been around for around a decade or so at this point. As a result, many of the companies are still at their super early stages. When I joined Coinbase, there was around 700 or so people. This year, we'll break 3,000 for sure and likely double again in size next year. And so as a result, there's a ton of job opportunities. And those job opportunities, I think it's important for people to know, you don't have to know crypto. Let me repeat that. You don't have to know crypto in order to join Coinbase. We will teach you literally everything that you need to know. What we do need is for you to be an expert about whatever it is your area is. And so that could be something in operations, like what I work in. It could be customer support. It could be marketing. It could be legal. It could be finance. Any job that's at just a standard tech company, you'll find it at Coinbase as well. And so I really encourage people, especially people in the Black community, to go and to apply because Coinbase is one of those companies where I'm very confident is going to be a generational one where a couple of years from now, you look at Coinbase like you may as Google or Facebook or Amazon with how deep of a mission that we have and how large of a scope that this may end up becoming. So I really encourage people to apply. A couple of tips that I have for people that are applying is one, if you're really serious about it, I recommend hiring a professional resume writer. Now, I know that this can be a little bit expensive, can be anywhere between one to $400, just depending on the resume writer. But let me tell you, it makes such a big difference. They will be able to help get your resume set up in a way that 
It looks for the keywords that our recruiting team may be looking for, or it helps you get found by our recruiting teams as they're searching through LinkedIn and these other sites. So that makes an enormous difference. The next thing that I would say is to think about how you are preparing for your interviews and to do to have a lot of examples prepared that show the data of your impact. At Coinbase, we're a very fast and intense culture where we care a lot about the impact that each of our new hires can make. I know firsthand that the Black community, especially those of us in tech, have made a huge impact at the places that we are. So make sure that your resume shows it so that our recruiting team can know as soon as they look at it that you're a great fit. The last thing I would say here is feel free to hit me up. I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn. And so if you see a position at Coinbase that catches your eye, let me know. I'm happy to do anything that I can to help you get here. What is the future looking like for you? What, what are, what's your next goal? I'm nosy. No, I, I like it. So for me, I recently got promoted to manager at Coinbase and I've really been enjoying that. My short-term goals are to build out my team. So if you're a program manager listening, I'd love to talk. And also to go and start thinking about life just as a side hustle outside of Coinbase. And so I am thinking about writing a book sometime in the next year or to two and also creating a crypto course because we've been talking a lot about education. And I think that it would be interesting to have a way for people to learn some of the insights that I've gained over the last couple of years from working in the space getting my master's degree, and really just being an avid user myself. So those are some of the things that you can be on the lookout for. Okay. And I have another friend with another question. And basically, and you might not have the answer to this question because this is kind of in the weeds. My friend wants to know if you have any hot takes based on the infrastructure bills, crypto tax. I guess there's a provision in the bill that just passed. I feel like this is a very technical question just to randomly ask you. You're fine. Out of the, um, so, out of the blue. <laughs> no worries. When it comes down to the infrastructure bill and the taxes, this is, might be a hot take, but I'm actually a fan. And the reason why I'm a fan is I think that one, it's a very important bill and I care about our infrastructure. So I'm happy to play our part. But also I think that the one of the ways in which crypto will gain mainstream adoption is when we have more clear regulations at, from our U.S. government. The only way that that's going to happen, from my opinion, is when the government figures out how they can tax cryptocurrency effectively. So I welcome the regulation and I welcome all of the conversations with the regulators because I know that that is one of the key milestones on the path of getting this technology in the hands of everyone so it can go and really change their lives. What's really interesting about your answer, actually, is Gabby Hui basically said the same thing, that regulation was actually not something to look at negatively. But I, I asked the question because I feel like there are a lot of, I feel like, I don't want to call them crypto bros, but I'm going to call them crypto bros, where this would be the antithesis of what crypto means to them. So that's a question that I keep asking, because I think that the community may be viewing it a little differently than or than organizations or folks who are involved in organizations building out the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I think that there's a lot of people on Twitter who are very anti-crypto regulation, anti-crypto taxes, and to each their own. But I don't think that it's a realistic way to look at the evolution of this technology. There's been no emerging technologies that have just gone completely without any sort of regula regulation or without any sort of taxation. So instead of just fighting it entirely, I think that the better approach is how can we build these regulations and these taxes in a way that 
puts the customer first instead of just trying to avoid them entirely. My last question is more of a scenario because I think, again, for a lot of people, when individuals talk about crypto solving problems, it still feels very vague to them. And one of the things that I've, I hear, one of the talking points is, hey, if you're a person in a remote village in Africa, but you have a cell phone, you have access to crypto. Could you create, a, like kind of share a scenario where there's a basic problem and crypto solves it just so that listeners can kind of wrap their head around it? Yeah. And let me give you, let me give you a couple, even a little bit more close to home to people here in the United States. So here in the United States, due to inflation, the US dollar is losing 6% of its value every single year. That means that that dollar is becoming, is increasingly losing its value. And if you're just leaving it in your savings account where you're earning maybe 0.001%, that means that your money is actually losing you money. Compare that to cryptocurrency, where traditional cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others are the fastest growing financial asset in our lifetime. So when you think about these two, when you think about Bitcoin less as just an investment and more a new form of money, that helps you to see about how it can be a guard against inflation. The next thing that I would say is with related to, again, personal finance, what is most people's bank account, like the, save, like the savings interest rate? Well, that savings interest rate for a lot of people is maybe 0.1%, maybe it's 0.15. Well, Coinbase and many other companies that are leveraging blockchain technology are able to offer interest rates that are often 10 to 20 times higher. So for example, Coinbase offers you 1% interest on your US dollars held on Coinbase. Some of our competitors even go as high as 4 or 5%. And so I think that those are problems that the everyday person may not be thinking about, but they affect you because because you don't have access to some of the the best uh, like passive income rewards and interests via the traditional financial system, you're actually losing money. And so crypto helps you to take advantage of the latest technology in order to overall improve your wealth. Trey, you have been wonderful. You're a pro, you're a superstar. I cannot wait to read your book, to check out your course and just to support you in what you're doing. I really do appreciate the time that you've taken out of your day to speak with me. If a listener would like to connect with you, could you share how we can do that? Yes, for sure. And before I, I sit here about how to connect, Michelle, thanks so much for having me on. I gotta say, I'm a big fan of your work and the work that you're doing to educate our community about personal finance is incredibly important. So kudos to you. And I'm excited to see it. more people jump in as a result of this podcast. If you want to follow up with me, whether to talk about the podcast or anything that we discuss, the best place to reach me is on Twitter. My handle is simply Trey Edwards 919. Awesome. Thank you so much, Trey. Cool. Thanks, Michelle. Here are some key takeaways from the conversation that I had with Trey. And I should point out that the initial takeaway wasn't brought up during the course of our conversation, but I feel like it's really important to mention. It's my view that crypto is the last part of an investment portfolio of your entire financial foundation. If you don't have a Roth IRA, an index fund, a savings account, and a fairly manageable debt load, then crypto just may not be something you should be dealing with right now. 
By the way, 99% of the people that I know who are actively investing in crypto are investing a maximum between 1% to 5% of their entire portfolio in crypto as a way to learn about it and just observe how crypto works. Basically, they are investing a really really tiny amount of their entire investment portfolio in crypto. And they're investing what they say is money that they can lose. And I think that is really important to hear. So here are the key takeaways. Don't invest what you can lose. Educate yourself about crypto and blockchain technology. I think there's a steep learning curve. I think it's very confusing. And that is why I'm having these conversations. Keep it simple. Bitcoin and Ethereum are probably where most people should start in terms of just learning about what those specific coins do, what their role is, and just what the purpose is behind those two coins. I can't even completely talk about them because I don't know enough. And that's why I'm having those conversations. Some regulation around the ecosystem will further legitimize crypto. Every expert that I've spoken with so far has basically said this. They're not anti-regulation. They feel like some regulations will definitely continue to legitimize cryptocurrency. And so they are welcoming some form of it. Dollar cost average as an investment approach. And then hold. On Twitter in particular, you'll see holder, H-O-L-D-R. I don't know why it's written that way, but the idea is it's an asset, you're investing for the long run, and you'll see a return later. So hold. Hold. Also, people, I'm noticing this more and more. People who are investing in crypto, the ones that I'm around or observing, they call it an asset class versus a currency. And so I think that's a very important distinction when thinking about crypto. What are your thoughts about crypto? I would love to hear what you're thinking. 